0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kallstrup and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise and worship. It's awesome. Glory to God. A couple weeks ago, not necessarily this past week, but the week before, man, Sunday morning was just, well, it was lights out, man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, those are things... uh, that you don't forget. I mean, you know, praise God, the privilege of being able to worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, the Bible says God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, you say, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, up out of your spirit, the real part of your being, that part of you that's been born again, praise God. You know, you you start out in the flesh and in your brain, but thank God you don't have to stay there. Amen. Come right up out of your heart. Glory to God Give him honor and praise. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online tonight. Glad you can be with us. Hope you got a Bible because we're going to be talking about the word of God and it'll definitely impact your life in a good and a positive way. So again, thanks for being with us here this evening as we look into the behold wonderful things from his word. Amen. How many of you know his word is life? Amen. He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions. Glory to God. Aren't you glad for that? That's God's method. He sends his word to you. You know, it's like when he called Moses to lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt. He said, you know, he said, he, Moses said, how's this going to work? He says, I'll be with you. You know, just a simple word. I'll be with you. He says, well, okay, but like who's going to, who am I supposed to tell him that sent me? He says, just tell him I am sent you. Hallelujah. You know, and so, um, how many of you know we can trust Him? Whatever it is that He said, we can absolutely trust Him. Now, I know there's obstacles, I know that there's circumstances, and I know there are things that, do, that they attempt, I guess you could say, to do everything they can to uh, contradict or discredit the Word of God. But thank God His Word is, for, is, is forever settled in heaven. Amen? So he said, you know, when he says it shall come to pass, I tell you, you can go to the bank on it. Amen. Jesus made this statement. He said, if I go, I will come again. Huh? He went to prepare a place for us. I can't imagine if he's been gone for 2,000 years what this joint must look like. Huh? But he went to prepare a place for us, and he said, if I go, I will come again. You know, during the early uh, first century of the church, you know, there was all kinds of doctrines and things, you know, that they were having to navigate uh, through. Not so, not so unlike what it is you and I are dealing with in our own generation, but somebody was out preaching that the resurrection had passed already. And so what the Bible says, referred to it as overthrowing the faith of some, which meant, well, you know, if Jesus has already been here, then ain't no use, you know, living this life that he wants us to live because I missed the bus, you know. But thank God we haven't missed the bus. I said we haven't missed the bus. So we can rejoice in the promises that he's made to us. How wonderful they are. They sustain us. They keep us. They cause peace to come to our heart. Why? Because praise God, God's word's true. And he, again, as I said, watches over it to perform it. He'll make good on what he said. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. He's You know, he said, if, I, if he said, I will restore health unto you then I'll tell you what, you can believe that, amen. You say, well, what about everything in the past? Well, what about it? Praise God, we ain't looking back here, we're looking up there, amen? And you know, uh, Jeremiah 30 verse 17 says exactly that, so you can uh, trust in him. I'll tell you what let's do, let's open our Bibles this evening to Mark chapter 11. Mark, the 11th chapter, if you can find that opening in your Bibles. We're gonna talk about faith uh, this evening, And uh, how important it is for us in our lives and what it can do if we'll learn uh, how to function uh, as Jesus taught us. Glory to God. I don't believe that God ever intended for this to be difficult. How about you? No, but you know, sometimes we sure can, you know, get things confused and whatever. And so that's why we come and we gather in the name of Jesus and meet uh, to be taught the word of God so that, praise God, we can find out the truth. And the truth can make us free. You know, when I first got saved, I didn't know nothing. You know, I was religiously taught, and what I was taught religiously, number one, wasn't doing me much good. And number two, I didn't know too much, you know. But then when I got born again, thank you, Jesus, all of a sudden the light came on. How many of you, the light came on when you got saved? I mean, all of us. I was just talking to somebody, and they were talking about all their lives as young people, you know, and how they missed out, you know, and, and not knowing the truth. Matter of fact, you know, they're about half mad about it hallelujah I know one particular um, well several uh, particular uh people that come out of a particular denomination or literally you know in conversations I have had with them for over the past 40 years I mean they were angry because they were misled they were told something that was not true the church lied to them and you know a lot of folk you know they they get disenfranchised and disenchanted with the church because number one they they're they're not well they're not they haven't bought in in the first place, and then when you know some certain things happen, and they find them to find them out in a lie. Well, then that makes them all the more convinced that religion, quote unquote, uh, doesn't have any place in their life for them. And I would have to say that, quote unquote, religion probably doesn't, but a relationship with Jesus does. Hallelujah. You know, just because things are said and different things, you know, like that, that. You know, um, people do. Uh, um, you know, it, it doesn't negate the the honesty and the integrity of our Master, the Lord Jesus. You know, he's been re- he's been misrepresented in so many ways. But you know, God doesn't. He hadn't fallen off his throne. You know, because Jesus got misrepresented. You know, he just points everybody back to the book and says, if you just read the Word, read the Bible, it'll tell you the truth. And thank God we can walk in the light of it. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? So let's do a little bit of that tonight, see what we can come up with. Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> let's start by praying, and then I'll make a few comments, and then we'll take off. Father, we love you, thank you again for this time that we have. Um, just these few moments, Father God, that we can come together, and we can look at what it is that you have um, so graciously made known to us. Father, I thank you for having revealed your will to us as believers so that we can walk in the light thereof. And so, Father, I thank you for turning on the light within our lives. Help us see, Father God, as you would have us to. I thank you for the spirit of truth. I thank you for revelation, knowledge. I thank you for the eyes of our understanding being enlightened and we just thank you, Father God, for your grace in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You know, a guy could pray all night here. I mean, you just take off and keep it going. I finally kind of caught myself said, hey, uh, move on. So anyway, hallelujah. God's good. Amen. You know, uh, here's the truth about uh, people in their lives and humanity. You know, everybody believes something. I mean, you know, I mean, you can believe the moon's made out of cheese if you want to. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but you can believe it. And so everyone believes something. And, you know, you say, well, what do you believe or what do you believe? Well, the way uh, we discover what people believe is simply listen to them. All you can do is listen to them, and they'll tell you exactly what it is that they believe. And the reason I say that is, is because the things that people say will tell you everything that you need to know, whether it's right or wrong. You know, whether it's good or bad, whether it's positive or negative, whether it's faith-filled or faithless, if they get to talking, you'll find out what it is that they believe. And the reason that we know that, Jesus talked about this. You know, he said, either make the tree good and the fruit good or make it, you know, or make it evil, one or the other. You know, a person will be known by their fruit. And then he went on to explain, he says, that it's out of the abundance of the heart, everybody say heart, that the mouth or his mouth speaks. So if we, again, want to know what people believe, all you have to do is listen to them. And so when we become a child of God, everybody say hallelujah. Yeah, when we become a child of God, when we're born of the Spirit of God, we are called to march to the beat of a different drummer. And that drummer is Christ. Amen. That drummer is God and his word. We're called to do that. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know, people get saved and and, um, um, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, they don't stay in the game. If that's what you want to call it. It's kind of like what Jesus talked about in the parable of the sower. He says the seed gets sown, but there's some that fall by the wayside. Immediately they're offended, you know, and they walk away. They stumble. They fall. You know, the devil comes and steals the word from them. Those types of things. He gets down to the point where, um, you know, the seed finds good ground and uh, good lodging and, praise God, produces fruit. And so that's the functionality of the kingdom. He said, what, what shall we compare the kingdom to? And that's what he used is this parable of the sower that sows a word. And the, thing, the reason I want to bring that up is, is because you have to understand that it is every person's choice. I, I can't make a decision for Doug. He can't make it for me or Linda or anybody else. It's your choice what it is that you're going to believe. Are you with me? Praise God. I choose to believe Him. I choose to believe the Word of God. I choose to believe what God said. Now, when you start doing that, you're going to get some pushback. Huh? When my wife and I started out in this ministry and, and, and began this church, dude, I mean, you know, everything was wonderful for about six months. And then we got to discussing what we were going to do about church government. And all hell broke loose. And all of a sudden, praise God, everybody that was so lovey-dovey, Yeah, they weren't so lovey-dovey anymore. Huh? So we had a choice. We had to decide whether we were going to continue on and uh, move in the plan that God had for us, or if we were going to allow ourselves to become offended or be overthrown by the behavior of someone else. So well, I'm so glad that you're here tonight because evidently you fought a few of those things and said, well, I'm still going to follow him. Hallelujah. And thank God for that, and I commend you on that part. But as we choose to follow Christ, our lives take on a different form. Huh? I mean, in other words, you know, you can't live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church and think you're going to be okay. It's just not going to happen. Okay? So your life takes on a different form. It sends us down a different path. You know, I was on a path to hell. And then I met Jesus, and he said, I'm offering you life and life more abundant. I said, I'll take it. But I had to turn. I had to change. I had to go in a different direction and, 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 and walk down the path that was being offered to me. Hallelujah. And not only that, you know, it gives shape to your life. When you're a follower of him, it gives, it gives shape to your life, a life of blessing and a life of victory. Everybody say victory. How I many of you know God wants you to have Victory. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. So now, don't notice this verse of scripture here with me, if you would. Mark chapter 11, verse 22, just one verse. Notice what it says. It says, Jesus, answering, said unto them, them being his disciples, Have faith in God. Everybody say that with me. Have faith in God. Now, you know, it's interesting about this scripture is that it's couched, or I could say the context of it is is couched within, um, basically his comment is in response to the disciples' amazement. And it's again couched in the context of him having cursed the fig tree. Remember that? They were on their way back and forth from Bethany into Jerusalem uh, prior to his suffering. And, and on, on one occasion, he was hungry, so he went to the tree, and he was hoping that maybe he might find something on it, didn't find anything. And he said, no man, eat fruit of the hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. I'm sure they probably asked themselves, now what is that all about? Wouldn't you? Somebody say, you know starts talking to an inanimate object, you know? But you know, probably nobody ever said anything. Well, the next day, when they walked by, the tree had dried up from its roots. Peter, calling to remember, said, "Master, the tree that you just you know that you cursed yesterday is dead." And that, and in that, then Jesus said, "Have faith in God." And I'd like to suggest to you a little bit that that there's a, there's almost an emotional um, plea. Uh, being made by the master to these disciples and, and telling them, have faith in God. Have faith in God, you know? And, and you know as well as I do, there were times when Jesus, I guess you might be able to say that he was kind of put out with them. You know, he says, how long do I have to suffer you? You know, I mean, there was things that weren't happening and they didn't get it because, you know, they were just kind of spiritually, um, I don't know what you call it, numb. I mean, they, they didn't get it. And yet it was almost a disappointment on the part of Jesus, you know, where they would say, well, you know, how are we going to feed all these people? You know, I mean, I mean two, f- five fish a, or five loaves and two fish or whatever it was. You know, there's not much amongst all of these, you know. And, and when that was all over with and he did these miraculous things, you know, they were concerned about the fact they'd taken no food. And, and he just said, what's wrong with you? He said, you know, when we fed the 5,000, how many loaves and, and baskets did you take up? And they said, well, about 12. Well, what about the 4,000? Well, seven. He says, how, what, what part of this don't you understand? So I think he kind of got, I don't know, disappointed There may be a better word for it than that, but I'm telling you, God wants you, or Jesus expects you, to believe the Bible, to believe the Word of God. Amen? So he, again, makes this appeal to them, and he says, have faith in God. Are you with me? It's important for us to understand that. He summons us as a people to be those who believe in God and believe what he says, and then, of course, to act Accordingly. Hallelujah. Now, if you go on reading in there, he said, um, He answered them, Have faith in God, for verily or truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Everybody say, Believe. That those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever. He, what's that last word? Saith, whatever he says. So it's a teachable moment that Jesus is having with these disciples, and he's just telling them that the things that come out of your mouth are the things that are going to give shape, form, and direction for your life. Now, a lot of people, you know, they're, they're not up to speed on that, but the reality is, is that your faith, my faith, our faith is released By word or the things that we say and our actions. Are you with me? And again, you just come back to the thing about asking yourself, you know, how it is that people talk. And you'll find out pretty quick what it is that they believe. The things we say. You know, and and in this particular example that he gives, he gives a command of faith. He didn't say, Lord... If you could, I'd like to demonstrate to these disciples that you're really who you are and, you know, maybe you could show up here and help, help me out. It's not what he did at all. He turned to it and spoke to it. It was a command of faith. It was the same kind of faith that we read of in the book of Genesis when the Bible says, God said, let there be. And guess what? There was. That same kind of faith that believes and speaks. And so he's just admonishing his disciples, I want you to have the same kind of faith, the God kind of faith, glory to God. And, And here's the thing, most people are either unaware or they don't believe in this divine law that the things we say determine our outcome. The things you and I say determine the course of our life. James, you know, uh, talked a little bit about this, about the rudder and your tongue being that rudder. Even though you've got a great ship, that little bitty rudder will send that thing wherever it is that the governor lists or directs it to. The same thing's true with your mouth. You know, if all you're talking is defeat and discouragement and despair and nothing ever works and this and that and the other, well, then that's what you get because that's what you believe. But thank God we don't have to believe that. I said, thank God we don't have to believe that. We can believe his word. We can believe what it is that he's promised. So there is a divine law that you and I will have what we say. So maybe it's time for us to put a little bit of a a watch on what it is that we're talking about. Amen. My wife and I, we're the police for both of us. Amen. Amen. She does more policing toward me than I do her. But you know what I'm saying. About being careful about the things that you say. Let's look at another verse of Scripture here. Why don't you turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Well, glory to God, faith begins where the will of God is known. And faith is released by word, or what we say, and our actions, what we do. Now, you know... Let me qualify this uh, here while we're, we're here this evening about the things that we say. I'm not talking about positive confession. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm not talking about mind over matter or something like that. I'm talk- the, the context of what Jesus was discussing here is within the context of what you believe in your heart. Are you with me? Some people have the mistaken idea, well, if I just say it enough, you know, then it'll come to pass. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about the fact that you believe in your heart, and so you say out of your mouth, and that's what comes to pass. Are you listening to me? I mean, you can bark all day long, but, you know, the reality is if you don't believe it, it ain't going to do any good anyway. Are you listening to me? So the real issue is changing what we believe through the discovery of God's living word and what it is that he has said. Hallelujah. Look at this verse of scripture with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. One verse, verse 13. Paul is speaking here. He says, we having... Everybody say, I have... Yeah, we having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So he says here, as it is written, I having the same spirit of faith. Glory to God. Isn't it good to have the same spirit of faith? Huh? To be able to say and believe just as it is, you know, as he said here, I believe, therefore have I spoken. Glory to God. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, here's the thing we need to understand. The spirit of faith says and believes what God says. Huh? If the Bible says that I've been redeemed, then I'm redeemed. Are you with me? I'm not going to be redeemed. I am redeemed. Hallelujah. I can have all kinds of hell in my life, but when Jesus shed his blood on a cross at Calvary, he did so that I could be redeemed. Amen. Now I didn't know that, you know, until I met Jesus. And when I met him, praise God, I was washed in the blood, but I still didn't know that I was redeemed. Because the redemption that is in Christ Jesus is all-encompassing. I knew I was forgiven. I knew I was going to heaven. But thank God I didn't know a lot about this whole thing about being redeemed from the curse of the law. Or being redeemed from sickness and disease. Or being redeemed from, you know, the curse of poverty and lack. All of these different kinds of things became a discovery for me just as it has you. Hallelujah. So again, you know, we have to understand that, you know, the spirit of faith says and believes. Everybody say, I believe. Yeah, it says and believes what God says where his word is concerned. You know, you think about David talking about the spirit of faith. Here's a 17-year-old kid comes out. He's got a bunch of stuff and provision for his, for his brothers, you know, while they're in this military campaign. And he finds out, you know, that Goliath is coming and defying the armies of Israel. And he says, hey, no problem. I got this. I'll go out. Well, well, nobody else was doing that. Whenever Goliath came out, they all ran the other direction. This guy's standing there going, hey, wait a minute. Can you explain to me one more time what the king said? What's in this for me? Huh? He said, because who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Dude, when you start talking like that, there's something on the inside of you called the spirit of faith. That guy was out there on the backside of wherever taking care of them sheep, but he was meditating on the word. Huh? You know, are you listening to me? So he had another spirit. Much different than all the rest, even King Saul, you know. You know, Saul was weak. You know, he said, hey, anybody, anybody want to go out there and see what they can do to that guy? Uh, you know, just weak. But David again said, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go out and fight with him. And even the king says, you can't do that. I mean, you're a kid. You know, you know, you're, just, you know you're just kind of growing up. That guy is a man of war from his youth. He says, Hey, look, I just, here's what I can tell you. You know, I had my father's sheep and I was supposed to take care of them. A lion and a bear came out, and that guy's going to be just like them. He said, I grabbed him and smote him. That's the spirit of faith. That's not where we're standing around waiting to see what's going to happen. That's when, praise God, you start moving forward and doing something. And the same thing's true with your life, you guys. I'm telling you, praise God, you don't have to wait another minute. You can start moving in the direction that God has for you to go. And I tell you what, he'll begin to do things that you could have never imagined. Why? Because he is able. Everybody say he sure is. Yeah, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever even ask or think because of the power of God that's within us. So David had the spirit of faith. Are you with me? You know, because the opposite of faith is fear. And he didn't have fear, did he? I mean, even on the day, you know, when he went out there, you know, you know the, uh, Goliath was just absolutely unhinged by the fact that they sent this kid out there. He said, come here, buddy, I'm going to feed you. The... He, you know, he didn't say, well, I should have rethought this. He didn't do that. He said, you're coming to me with a sword and a spear? I'm telling you, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And today, he is going to deliver not only you, but that crew behind you into our hands so that you can know. I mean, you talk about the spirit of faith. Huh? And so when it, when it all started, David didn't run backwards, dude. He took off running dead straight for him. And while he's at it, he's putting his hand down into his, his satchel or whatever, pulling out one of them stones, putting it in his slingshot. And baby, he's on a dead run doing one of these. And he looses that thing and lets it go. And guess what? Somebody went down. You say, yeah, but that's just a story. I don't care about that. I care about the fact that this guy demonstrated, this kid, young man, demonstrated the spirit of faith and turned the whole circumstance around. You know, you can do the same thing in your life. If you'll just begin to decide and declare what it is that God says about your situation, he will begin to turn the thing around. I mean, you talk about... You know, whatever they use for, you know, laser-guided bombs and missiles and whatever, or GPS or whatever, dude, this rock was going to that cat's head. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Are you with me? Same thing is in the example of Joshua and Caleb. They sent him out, you know, with 10 other guys to go spy out the land. They came back. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, why does a, a man stand up and say, Hey, let us go up at once. For we are well able to overcome them. Well, you know what? Um, that's not the spirit of fear. That's the spirit of faith, isn't it? Let us go up at once. You know, so you have to ask yourself, you know, when it comes to David or if it comes to Caleb or any of the rest of them, you know, I mean, what 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 sets them apart? Well, first of all, they believed what God said. Through Moses' mouth, God said, I give you the land. I give it to you. It's yours. I brought you out here so that you can possess it. And they believed it. The other 10 didn't. The Bible says that when this thing was all, you know, when it all shook out, the 10 died of a plague. And there's only two of them left. You know, are you with me? So the question is, what is it that set Josh and Caleb and some of these others apart from all the rest? And here's the thing you need to know. They knew something, and they believed something. Are you listening to me? Now, now, where are you? Are you still there in uh, 2 Corinthians? Look at this verse of Scripture with me again. Look at 13. It says, We having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Now, what's the next word? What is it? Knowing. Knowing. See, these men knew something and they believed something. And he said, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus is going to raise us up also by Jesus and is going to present us with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, they knew that Jesus had been raised from the dead. And he was declaring that the same thing that raised Christ from the dead is going to raise us up. But they knew it. Paul said, knowing. And that's the key. You know, you can't go out on the battlefield and say, I sure hope this was a good idea. You know what I'm saying? You got to know. And the only way that can happen is that you have to become fully persuaded from the Word of God. It's that knowing part that is so important. The Apostle Paul said this, he said, For this reason I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Said, I'm not wondering about it. and I'm not, you know, thinking, I don't know about that whole Damascus Road thing, you know. It might have been something I eat the night before, I, you know, whatever. No, he didn't say that at all. He said, Praise God. He said, uh, he said uh, <laughs> uh, For this reason I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. Everybody say, Persuaded. I am persuaded. That he is able to keep that. That I have committed unto him until that day. I'm persuaded. question this evening is, is, how persuaded are you? Well, I was good until my wife told me that I didn't know what I was talking about. Well, maybe we need to get beyond that. Are you listening to me? Or... You know, I mean, that, that can take on a lot of different forms. It doesn't have to be your wife. It could be anything. You know what I'm saying? But the Bible says that, you know, for example, Abraham. So we talked about David. We talked about Joshua and Caleb. And we look at Abraham, and the Bible says he didn't waver at, uh, 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 waver at the promise of God. Everybody say the promise of God. You know, the Bible says, here's a promise from God. He says, fear not. I'm with you. I'll uphold you. I will will help you. I will strengthen you. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. That's a promise to you and me. Huh? Praise God, you get in a hard spot, and difficult place, you can take that scripture in Isaiah and uh, just say, glory to God, this is what God says about my deal. Huh? Now, if you don't know it's there, if you never meditated on it, chose to believe it, well, then you... You got a whole nother issue going on there. Are you listening to me? Praise God. So he didn't waver through uh, uh, unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Glory to God. Giving glory to God. Now listen, being fully convinced or persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Now it took Abraham a little while, because after all, he was 100 years old, and so was Sarah, you know. And you're that old, and God says, you're going to have a child? You're going to have faith. Are you listening to me? Huh? You know? But the Bible says he believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Well, you can believe God. You say, well, that's impossible. Well, we serve the God of the impossible. Hallelujah. He's a miracle-working God. He can do supernatural. All things are possible to him that what? Believes. All things. Now, you might only be the one, you may be the only person standing around believing God, but at least you're it. Huh? Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I tell you what, a guy could get excited talking about this. So, when you look at the examples of men and women who move the hand of God, you see this common characteristic within all of them. They were fully persuaded. Or they knew that God would perform it in their hearts. Are you with me? This is not a head thing. This is a heart thing. Hallelujah. And he can put it in there for you. Hallelujah. You see, you got to know before you go. Huh? You need to know before you go. Wherever it is that you're heading. Are you listening to me? And the way you do that is through the word of God. And, And the reason I say that is, is this is important. Get this, you know is you can't tempt God by being foolish or presumptuous. And many times believers are. Or unbelieving, you know, that God is somehow obligated because you did something and yet you had no faith. I can tell you right now, dude, you're out on the limb all by your little lonesome. Do you understand what I mean by that? Huh? Let me explain it to you a little bit. You know, for example, someone preaches on giving, but you really don't believe it. But, you know, you give anyway, thinking that God is now required to do something, to perform. You know what? He's not required to do anything. Huh? You little manipulating outfit? Are you listening to me? Yeah. I remember one time we had some people who started attending the church, and we were preaching on, you know, the fact that God wants to bless you financially and things. And so... Unfortunately, this woman she kept track of every nickel that she gave to the church and was multiplying at times a hundredfold. Well, after about a month or two, or I don't even know how long it lasted, you know, she, she wasn't seeing no return. You know, so she's giving to get. Hey, this is a good deal. I'm going to try this. Well, you don't try faith, huh? And not to mention the fact their heart was completely jacked. Are you listening to me? Are you with me? And it's important to understand, you know, that some of these things, because then, you know, people will say, well, you know, they did this and it didn't work. Listen, God's word works, dude. I don't know, you know, all the ins and outs and all of the nuances of what it is that's going on in somebody's heart and mind and different things like that. But I'm telling you, God's word works. I tell you, he takes care of his own glory be to God forevermore. So, you know, they were, these men that we're talking about were fully persuaded within their hearts, and they knew these things. Um, You know, here's another example. Um, Yeah, you don't have to hold your finger there, but go over here to uh, Numbers chapter 14 real quick. Did you hear me real quick? You turn real quick. Say, well, I got my device here, buddy, and I'm way ahead of you. Tell me the chapter. Numbers chapter 14. And um, <clears throat> this is a story in the aftermath of the people's unbelief when the Bible says the ten came and gave an evil report and made the heart of the people melt. Okay? And uh, so they murmured against Moses and all the rest of them. They were mad. People do that all the time. They don't want to blame the preacher. Dude, I'm not your problem. Are you listening to me? But a lot of folk, that's what they think. You know, they got to blame somebody. You drug us out here in the middle. You told me this. You told me that. And it ain't working. And mama. my, my, Well, I may have told you some things. But praise God, if it's in line with the word of God, it works. Are you with me? So anyway, uh, as a result of all of that, uh, God said, you know what? I'm done. And if it wasn't for Moses, dude, they'd have been a bunch of crispy critters right there. Huh? Toast. Yeah. He said, oh, God, have mercy on them. He said, I'll I'll be merciful unto them at your word. But as surely as I live, the entire world will be filled with the glory of God. But they're not going anywhere. And I'm going to judge them out of their mouth. Huh? So that's what they believe. You should have left us in Egypt. Here, you drug us out here in the middle of nowhere so we can die in the wilderness. He said, yep, that's what's going to happen. Because that's what they believed. They didn't believe that God wanted to bring them into a land of promise, a a land of milk and honey, a land of blessing, a land of life and life more abundant. They believed something else. And so unfortunate it was. Now notice with me. You know, after this all went down, and they realized, you know, that judgment had come, now they're singing a different tune. Oh, hey, we maybe made a mistake here. Uh, Let's do it. Look what it says in verse 40. It says, this is uh, Numbers uh, 14, verse 40. And they arose early in the morning. They got up and uh, into the mountain, or to the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, hey, we're here. Uh, uh, We'll go to the place which the Lord has promised, for for we've sinned. Well, yeah, you sure have. And Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord, uh, but it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you that you be not able or that you be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and Canaanites are there before you, and you'll fall by the sword because, listen, because you are turned away from the Lord, therefore the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed. Everybody say, we don't want to do that. Yeah. They presumed to go up into the hilltop, Nevertheless, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. And the Amalekites came down, the Canaanites, which dwelt in that hill, and they smote them, disconfitted them, and turned them upside down. God wasn't with them, you know. So a lot of times, you know, sometimes people will do that. And, <clears throat> and you know, they think, well, you know, God's going to have to do something. God doesn't have to do anything. He, he responds to faith that comes from the heart of a person. Are you listening to me? So, you know, um, if you're going to have the spirit of faith, you're going to have to believe what it is that he's spoken or what God has promised, what he has, well, spoken to you. Let's take the woman with the issue of blood. Turn back over to the New Testament to Mark chapter 5, and let's look at that real quickly. Y'all doing all right? Holding up okay? Mark chapter 5, look what it says here. You're familiar with this story verse 25 there was a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years so um, in verse 26 she had suffered many things and many physicians had spent all that she had was nothing better but rather grew worse now listen and when she heard of Jesus now we don't know what they heard or what she heard, but she must have heard that miracles were occurring that People were being healed that touched him. Okay? When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind, touched his garment, for she what? Said. Are you looking at it? Come on now. Look with me. He says, for she said, if I may but touch the, um, uh, but his clothes, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Listen to what she said. If I can touch his garment... I'll be made whole. That's what she said. And now the Bible says here, if we go on and straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone from him, turned about in the press and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, you see the multitude thronging thee. who t- you ask, who touched me? And he looked around about to see uh, her that had done this. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, what's the next two words? Huh? Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Hallelujah. You know, whether it's positive or negative, Whatever a person says, that's what they're going to receive. Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Well, we never have nothing. God's never good to us. God never, you know, shows up and does anything. Well, you know, as long as you're talking like that, probably he's not. If he does, it's going to be because of his absolute grace in your life. You doubt and unbelieving outfit. You say, can you say that? Well, it's true. I'm not trying to make anybody angry, but praise God, let's get on the right side of the page here. Are you listening to me? So whether it's positive or negative, what a person says is what they're going to receive. This woman, she could have said something negative and she wouldn't have gotten anything. But thank God, instead, she said, when she heard, she said, if I can touch but his clothes, I'll be made whole. But you know, she could have said this. There's no use for me to go. Think about what she was dealing with as a human being. There's no use for me to go. I've suffered so long, 12 years I have been sick with this. All the best doctors have given up on my case. I've spent all my living and I have gotten no better. Everything that she had was gone. I have nothing to live for, so I might as well just go ahead and die. But thank God that woman didn't do that. I said, she didn't say that. She said, praise God, when she heard of Jesus, she heard the promise, she heard what he was doing, she said, man, if I can get there, I'll be made whole. She believed something, didn't she? And it came out of her mouth, she said. So now I'm going to make this statement to you. Get ready. You ready? You sure you're ready? If you're defeated... You're defeated by your own lips. You say, well, I don't like you very much. <laughs> well, I can't help it, man. I'd rather tell you the truth than to just, you know, try to coat it over and say whatever. You know, if we're, if we're, if we're having, uh, if we're living in defeat, that's not why Jesus came. He came for us to be able to have victory, didn't he? Praise God, so we need to start believing. Praise God, I don't care what it looks like. My heavenly father purchased me with his son's own blood so that I could have life and have it more abundantly. Are you listening to me? And start believing that instead of circumstance and unbelieving people and all kinds of junk doctrine that don't amount to a hill of beans. Because God came down so that you could be lifted up Are you listening to me? So glory to God, believe what it is that he has done for you. And say what it is. Yeah, but you don't know my circumstance. You don't know this. You don't know what we've gone through. Yeah, I I, I don't. But I'm telling you, wherever it is that you're at or wherever you've come from, God can redeem and he can change and he can bring about and he can cause heaven to show up in your life if you'll believe him. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So, you know, there's this one minister made this statement. He said this. He said that you you said that you could not, and the moment you said it, you were whipped. Remember I tell the story about when God spoke to me and said, you sell the siding? I said, I can't do that. Dude, the, the moment I said that, I was done. Go get a job, man, because you've lost your opportunity. So he says in this, you said that you could not, and the moment you said it, you were whipped. You said that you did not have faith, and doubt rose up like a giant. You talked failure, and failure held you in bondage. Huh? As Christians, you know, the reality is, you guys, we should never talk defeat. We should never talk failure. You know, people, you, it, 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 it happens, you know, people, they'll get in circumstances, you know, and their, their emotions are frazzled, and they're just, you know, they've been fighting a good fight of faith, and they're just, you know, they're, they're in the middle of this battle and all these different kinds of things. But you know, the thing about it is, if, if you talk about your trials, and talk about your difficulties, and talk about your lack of faith, and talk about your lack of money, you know, when you do that, your faith will shrivel up and dry up. Are you with me? It's not because God's withholding anything from us, but we got to get in a place where, we'll, where we believe him. Are you with me? If you talk about your heavenly father, you know, in the middle of your difficulty, in the middle of the whatever it is that's going on, you say, thank God I'm born of the spirit of God. And greater is he that's in me. Than he that's in the world. Now, a lot of folk, you know, they'd think you're being a hypocrite or whatever, but I tell you, if you got this stuff on the inside of you, it doesn't make any difference what's going on on the outside because sooner or later all that's going to change because of what it is that you believe within. And then you can say, Oh, I thank God that you're my father. Hallelujah. And every promise that has escaped your lips is mine. Glory to God, you're for me and not against me. Hallelujah. I mean, just that. If God be for us, who or what can be against us? But that's not, what, that's not the way we talk. We're talking about all the problems, talking about all the difficulties, talking about all the issues, you know, that, that are going on in our lives. But if you'll talk about your father Talk about the word of God. Talk about what he can do. Your faith will grow by leaps and bounds. Are you with me? You know, so when the enemy comes and he tries to, you know, bring defeat in your life, you just answer it with the word, baby. It is written, devil glory, to God that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. That's you. So I win, you lose. Loser. Huh? The devil's power has been stripped from him. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphed over them in it, and gave you his victory. Hallelujah. So the only thing the devil has is lies, deceptions, things that he has to get you to believe instead of what it is that God has promised. But thank God we're on a different train now, hey? Come on, we're marching to the beat of a different drummer. And that drummer is Jesus. That drummer is Christ. And I tell you what, he's not leading you into defeat. He's leading you into victory. He's taking you, praise God, where you want to go and not where the devil wants you to go. Hallelujah. But we have to trust him and believe him, praise God, and do what it is. If you, if you talk about and you confess you know, um, sickness or disease or ailment, that stuff will, it'll develop within your physical system. You know, I've gotten older, but I don't talk about makes aches and pains. Okay? You say, do you have any? Doesn't make any difference what I've got. Thank God, the power of God. He said, if the spirit of Christ, or if the, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. Yeah. So body, get in line with the word. You know, the Bible says that Moses, he was, I don't know how old, older than dirt. And the Bible says that none of his natural, um, what's the term it uses? None of his natural functions were abated. Huh? I tell you, you get the Spirit of God in you and on you, baby, and, and things will come to life. Are you listening to me? Huh? How do you think Abraham and and Sarah pulled that deal off? Are you listening to me? So we need to understand these things. But if you talk about your doubts and your fears, they become stronger and stronger. And they'll rob you. Listen to me, I'm telling you, stop talking the way you've been talking. Yeah, but I can't help it. I mean, you know, it's so apparent. It's so real. It's so whatever. Whatever. Well, you know, it might be apparent. It may be real. But I'm telling you, God's word and his promise is more real. Are you with me? And it'll dig you out of that hole, glory to God. But if you talk about lack of finances, it'll stop the money from coming in. You know, people talk about what they don't have and I don't have enough and I don't know this and that. You know, we need, to, we need to start saying, you know what? The Bible says that my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory. You say, yeah, but, you know, have you, ta- have you listened about the inflation thing? You know, it's 7.5%. It's probably more than that. You know, especially in the essentials, you know, that we need as people. But I'm telling you what, the Bible says that God owns the hills and the cattle standing on them and the fullness thereof. Amen. So if we need to have more, then praise God, let's believe God for more. You know, we were just making some plans here uh, for the next uh, four months. And some different things that we got going on in the church and things, you know. And we started looking at the expenses of it. Well, I don't know whether you realize this or not, but uh, stuff costs more money. You know, so we're all going around the table, you know, we're talking about it. I said, look, you know, you, you need to get your head wrapped around this thing, dude. We're, we need more. We need to believe God for an increase. So that we can have what it is that we need in order to do what it is he asks us to do. Hallelujah. Where God guides, he provides. But we have to believe him. Amen, and we're all facing that. You're, you, you are. I am. You know, cars, whatever it is, fuel, whatever. You know, groceries. You know, um, my wife and I, we just had the conversation. You know, here just the other day, where everything, you know, is is it costing more. But I'm telling you what, God's big enough. You know, way back, <laughs> they they had this. You know. Um, uh, we had this big gas, you know, shortage thing, you know, that got created by a bunch of stupid politicians. It's kind of sounds similar to today. But anyway, you know, and so everybody's going, my God, you know, how are we going to, you know, and, and that's been, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you could buy gas for 26 cents a gallon. It was awesome. They had this big old thing that drank gas like a, you know, fish. And, but it didn't matter, you know, for a quarter, you can get a gallon of gas. Well, those days are gone. You know, and so when they started talking about dollar gas, everybody, I mean, they started, you know, they were all in tailspin. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm telling you, God's big enough to take care of us if we'll just believe him. Huh? But we need to believe what the word of God says. So anyway, I um, I need to turn this thing down. Hold fast to saying what God says about your situation. Hold fast. Don't give up. Praise God. And then, you know, do whatever it is that he tells you to do. See, that woman, she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. But guess what? She had to do something. She had to get up, probably emaciated, weak, and all of the other things. She had to push through all of that in order to get where it is that she needed to be so that the power of God, you know, because... So many times people's actions defeat them. You know, it's like, um, um, well, like Caleb. He said, dude, let's go up at once. We're well able. Hallelujah. So in other words, there, there has to be an action put to what it is that we believe and the things that we say. Are you listening to me? You know? My wife and I, again, we were just talking about some goals that we have financially, you know, and some things that we want to, you know, get taken care of. Uh, We had uh, borrowed some money for some things that we were doing and things like that. Well, we want to get that all cleaned up, you know. And so praise God. You know, I can say, well, all my bills are paid and all my needs are met. And, you know, I am debt free till Jesus comes. But if I don't do what it is that I need to do, in order to get where it is I want to go, it ain't going to happen. I can't tell you how many times when I'm going to buy something, you know, this thought will come to me. Does that support what it is that you're believing for? Uh, No. So you probably don't need that, do you? Um, No. And so guess what? We don't do that. Are you with me? You want to get to where you're going? See, you know, the thing about it is a lot of people, you know, they want to get out of debt and they want to... But they keep digging the hole deeper. You know? Woo! sure gets quiet when you start, like, meddling, you know, with people's stuff. But I'm telling you what, praise God, all things are possible to him that what? So you can make it happen. Hallelujah. You know? I mean, you know, this is... I mean, for most people in America... Um, You know, this is a new concept, but how about just buying, paying for everything with cash? Huh? That's a new concept. I was just, um, I don't know, looking through the news feed, and they said that, uh, I don't remember what the number is, but it's some unbelievable number, percentage-wise, of credit cards that never get paid back to zero. Did any of you ever, did, did any of you see that? Okay. So I got all this revolving credit. Dude, need to get Why is it that you get I'm trying to close. Why is it that you get all these applications for new credit cards in the mail? Because people are making money hand over fist. Dude, can you imagine? What what do they pay you, you know, like in your passbook savings or anything like that that you have at the bank? What do they give you? Point what? zero five now, or I don't even know what the number is. It's worthless. But you know, if, if, you got, if you own a credit card company and people are in debt up to their ears, guess what? It's like 25, 25, 30, I don't know. It's a ridiculous amount of money. Are you with me? So we end up in this trap, and I don't even know how I even got off on this. I'm just telling you, praise God, there's a better way. And God wants you and I to enjoy that way. So we say, Father, I believe, praise God, that you'll you'll supply my every need, that I'll have an abundance and no lack, that I'll be able to give unto every good and charitable thing, that I'll be able to participate, praise God, when the offering plate goes by, I've got something that I can do with it. Hallelujah. And, you know, if we'll begin to believe God that way and start doing the things that we need to do, Amen? You know, and and here's the thing about it, you guys. Believe God for an increase. Believe God for an increase. Believe God for a promotion. Believe God for, you know, a change that advances you. You want their job. Huh? If you're going to show up and you're going to do your 40 hours a week, you want to get paid like they do. Huh? So uh, there's one man here in the church, you know... um, he was working, um, f- well, I t- he was working for the county, you know, and he's got good base and, you know, they're paying him pretty good and this and that and the other, you know. And, and all of a sudden, um, they needed a job or they needed, they created a position, you know, and the guy that was above him didn't want the job. So our guy puts in for it and guess what? He gets the job. Now, he's the boss of his boss. That's what I'm talking about. And not only that, but there's increase that came with that. You're a child of the king. I'm telling you what, you are better suited to run and function and, and have the responsibility of the things that you're involved in more than any unbeliever. Are you listening to me? So let's believe God. Hallelujah. Okay, that's what we're going to do now to close. Stand up with me, will you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let us go up at once. How about that? Praise God. Say this with me. Let's just just pray together. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I come to you tonight, and I'm so grateful that my every need is met. Thank you, Lord for promotions, for increases, for jobs, better jobs. Thank you, Lord, for raises and bonuses and benefits and commissions. Hallelujah. For estates, for inheritance, for grace in my life. Father, I believe you, and I thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon the work of my hands. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy. Oh, Father, we thank you so much. Father, that your word is true and that you've redeemed our lives from the pit. Thank you, Lord God, you've redeemed our lives from destruction. And Father, we're not of those which draw back you know, and, and, and walk backwards like the nation of Israel did into perdition or, or destruction. Praise God, we are of those that believe. Glory to God. And so we say with our mouths, we believe with our hearts that it is well with us. And we thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your goodness, your grace, your kindness, I thank you, Lord God, for opening the eyes of these men and women's understanding, those that are watching online. I thank you, Lord God, for an abundance and no lack. Thank you, Lord, for making up the difference. Thank you, Father, for causing or bringing about a divine supply. And we just rejoice in your goodness, mercy, and your blessing that abounds, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, listen, you may be seated. We're going to go ahead.